The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. I'd like to uh, welcome everybody joining us on the live broadcast tonight and also on the FM dial. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are uh, tuning in from. And again, uh, let us know. Uh, drop us a comment or if you're on the FM dial, uh, shoot us an email or a text or, or something like that. And uh, let us know where you're listening to us, and uh, we'd like to know. Did anybody, did anybody, did, did Sunday minister to anybody? Did anybody get anything at all out of Sunday? I mean, it was a little bit different, and it was a little bit short. But how, do, how, how, how many of us know that when the Lord speaks, he doesn't have to write volumes? Sometimes, sometimes we, get, we get used to long, drawn-out messages but when but my grandfather used to say when the big preacher shows up he can say more in two words than than we can if we write volumes i mean the shortest verse in the bible jesus wept speaks volumes that means that he he proved that he was touched by the feeling of our infirmity he knew what we were going to go through as men and he wept for us what we're not seeing today is we're not seeing people weeping for souls that are heading to a devil's hell. It's easy to get mad at sinners, isn't it? It's easy to judge others because they sin differently than we do, isn't it? But the fact of the matter is, is that except that they have an intervention and an intersection with Jesus Christ, this is the only heaven that they're ever going to know. And it gets exponentially worse after this because it's once appointed for a man to die then after death, the judgment. And so God can say a lot using a few words. The, the problem that we have to have, and, I've been, and I went back and I picked up a, one of my books and, and I finished it um, this morning uh, on Andrew Murray. And, and, and I'm telling you, if we want to capture and we want to get the heart of God, then we have to be all in for God. God has to be our all in all with nothing in reserve, no reserve tank. We're either going to make it here or we're going to perish. You, you might have heard me tell the story of when Cortez sailed to the New World. When they got to where they were going, he, he looked at his men and he said, there's the coast. This is where we must settle. And after they offloaded the ships of everything that they would need, he commanded then that the ships be burnt. You think, wow, there's no turning back. As long as we have options to turn and run. You know, how many, how many of you ever heard the, 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 the fight or flight syndrome? You're either going to fight or you're going to fly. And if, and if you take away the flight part, the runaway part, and you better, you better, you better buckle up, because you're in for a rough ride, right? And, and they and they knew it, and and he knew, he knew that given the choice, given the option of making it when things got tough, human nature is to, I'm heading back home. I'm heading back home. My dad, my dad, he talked about Indiana like it was a foreign country. When I came to this here country, and he was always looking about going home. And, and finally, one time, I was, I was sitting there, and my dad was like, you know, when I came to this here country, and I'm like, wait, wait, when was, when was Kentucky annexed? Because I know 18, in 1816, Indiana was. I think we're all together here. But it wasn't home. You know, you can, take the, you can take the boy out the hills, but you can't take the, the hills out of the boy. Amen? And all of his grandkids still know. Three kernels, three seeds to a hill. A foot apart, 18 inches apart. <laughs> Drop three more and go, and don't cover them too deep. He knew how to live off the land. And so... We have to come to we have to come to 
the conclusion then that we've weighed our options and aside from Jesus Christ, there's no hope. I mean, there wasn't any of us born saved. So every day we should get up and say, Lord, I thank you that I'm not the man that I was yesterday, but I thank you even more so that I'm not the man I was 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago. We should be progressing every day. A little closer, a little higher. The walk should grow a little sweeter. You know, one of the things that we do when we're out in, in Lake Michigan, especially if there's a storm rolling in, the closer you get to port, the, 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 more, the better the attitude becomes. You know, if you've been out fighting 10, 12-footers and the boat's, you know, up and down and flip and flop and, and you've been out and you've been seasick and everybody on the boat is, is ralphing, you know, up-chucking, chumming, chumming when you can't fish, you know, you know all those old adages, and, and, and you've been fighting that for four or five hours, some people in, 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 in the wars and in the conflicts, when they go over in the oceans, they fight it for days. I think three months was... Some, a, a little girl, 12 years old, was adrift for three months. But the closer we get to home, I remember I said, I made that adage on Sunday. I, I, I talked about that, that euphemism that Pastor Burkhart used to use. <laughs> Why is it that so many Christians walk around with a face as long as an army mule? Why is it that, why is it that Christians... The holders of the promise. Why is it that believers, the ones who have been saved from this world, remember we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're just passing through. Why is it that we are the ones that the world can get upset, that the world can get make depressed, that the world can get oppressed, and all of a sudden we're sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, you know. And, and for the last hundred years, it seems like the church is the only thing that the church wants to do is say, is say, Lord Jesus, come quickly, get us out of here. Well, I gotta, I gotta contend with that to say, if we would be doing our job, then the Lord would, then the Lord's work would be done, and the quicker we get the job done, the quicker we can go home. Anybody ever, anybody ever work on the farm? The quicker you can get the hay put up, the quicker you can get, a, you know, get down to town and see the gals, right? Not the cows, the gals. The quicker you get the job done, the quicker you can be doing something else. Why isn't that true? Why doesn't that hold true for the body of Christ? The body of Christ is like, oh, another day, another. And, and I get it. We want to be with the Lord. Or do we? what we're learning on Sunday nights, some of us better step up our game a bit. Right? What we're learning on Sunday nights in the Driven by Eternity courses, um, we better make sure we're working in our calling. We better make sure that we found our calling, one, and that we're following in our calling, and then that we're fulfilling that calling. That way we'll hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. We don't want our works to be burned up like wood, hay, and stubble. When they're tried by the fire, we want them to, to be refined. Amen? All right. So we left off on, on Sunday. We left off over in Luke, um, Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. And I want to go back there. And I posed a question on Sunday. And part of the question that I posed was how old was the girl and how long had the, had the lady with the issue of blood, the flow of blood, had that condition? What does that say to us about the number 12? It's important, but it's also about the time if you've been dealing with something for 12 years, you become tired of it. Now, now most of us, I, I, you know, for me, you know, for me, I mean, I won't deal with things very long. 
for me, it's like a Hallmark movie before the third commercial. I've got the plot figured out. I know who's going to marry who. I know who's going to get the dog back. I know all that stuff, and I'm ready to move on. Sorry. <laughs> Did I just mess something up? No, oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I still like Elf, though. All right, so anyway, <laughs> I'm ready to move on. But people will try everything in the world. Notice it said she'd spent all of her money, all of her livelihood on doctors, and they weren't able to help. She, that means she was searching for a cure to stop this, to fix this, something to make it right. Does that sound familiar remotely? People are looking for the cure. They're looking for something to fix this and make it right. And, and I want to tell you, the very same cure that the lady found with the flow of blood is the very same cure in 2021. His name is Jesus. And if we will just make up our mind that we're going to get to Jesus, then he will make everything all right. How long will you put up? with the devil's schemes and the devil's wiles and the devil's plans. Twelve years. That's a long time. That's a lot of effort. That's a lot of suffering. But it can also represent a lifetime. For the ruler of the synagogue's daughter, she was twelve years old. That was a lifetime. A lifetime at 12 years old. Who would have thought that six years old would have been middle age? You know, we've all got plans. I mean, you know, I can't, you know, I can't wait till, till I grow up and get out of this midlife crisis. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, gosh, next year. Can you believe this? Next year, you know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, be almost 60. I will be until October. And then I can end that midlife crisis thing. I can stop with the Corvettes. I can stop with the speedboats. I can stop, you know, with the, all the other compensation things that guys going through the midlife, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> stop with the Rogaine. It's all over. Done. Okay, just for those of you not in this room, I don't use that stuff anyway, but okay. Uh, we try and try and try and try and try to preserve this life, don't we? When in reality, now think about this. How many of you remember when you were in the womb and you in utero. How many of you remember when you were in the womb? None of you? Well, let me just tell you, that was a nice, comfy, warm place. I mean, all you had to do was, you know, kick or punch a little bit and you got fed. All you, all you had to do when you got uncomfortable, you just rolled over or if somebody was squishing you, you know, you just move and make mom uncomfortable and she'd have to move. None of you remember that? None of us, none of us, none of us ever, ever wanted to go back to that, right? Matter of fact, they, they had to, some of us, they had to, you know, some of us, they, they had to ex extract us surgically because we ain't coming out. We got it good and we ain't leaving this here place. And, and then we come out and then, and then through no fault of our own, doctor looks at us and smacks us. What's that all about? Welcome to the next phase of your life. Wham! You know? And then you, walk, you, you think, you walk through the maternity ward. You hear all these little babies. Wah, wah, wah. And the next thing you know, they clear the stuff out of our mouth and we start breathing air. And then for the next, you know, the Bible says three score and ten, but some people make it, you know, out there. I saw, I saw today a lady is 102 years old. And, and so some of us last a little bit longer. You know, some of us, not so much, but we fight and fight and fight to stay here. 
I just hope that when we get to heaven that the Lord isn't standing up there going to say, hey, you finally made it. What'd you hang on so long for? Smack! Oh, well, thank you, Jesus, you know. That's where that TV preacher got that. He knew it was coming. All right, no, I was, um, sorry. By the way, it's okay. It's okay to, to enjoy life. You, know, you understand that, right? It's okay to smile, right? It's okay, it's okay because, because we have the best of both worlds. We have the best of both worlds because we know who Jesus is. And if you're and if you're born again and you're connected with a Bible believing Bible teaching church, then you know where Jesus is. (laughs) And so the question remains, then. Why would I go around being all depressed when I know who and where the, the, the Savior is? And why don't I run to him first? Do you ever think about that? For 12 years, and Jesus, and Jesus, by the way, Jesus was, was almost through with his ministry. Right? He'd already fed 5,000. And he healed all their diseases. And this woman had heard about him. We read, by the way, in your reading, this, I think it was yesterday, talked about it. She'd already, he'd already, he'd already, she'd already heard about him. And she made up her mind that if I could just get to Jesus, you know, and, and, and I love, I love the synoptic gospels because they put it all together. One gospel just says, you know, somebody touched him and, and, and when he, Jesus said, somebody touched me. And Peter's like, yo, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. He goes, uh-uh, somebody, somebody touched me. That means that there's a way that you can touch God that will move. Oh, you ain't here. There's a way that you can touch God, touch the Lord, and it will, He will release the power into your life. So why aren't we doing it? Well, partly because we don't know our calling. Partly because we're not walking what He's called us to walk. We're not talking what he's called us to talk. We're not, we're not following the precepts. We're not following the plan that he has for our lives. Remember what Pastor Burkhart used to tell us? If God tells us to jump through that wall, our responsibility is to jump. It's the Lord's responsibility to make the door. You see, we can say that we believe. And I think one of the things that the Lord has been teaching us in 2020 and 2021 is that we've got to let God be God. Where would we be? And you think about this. Where would we be if we tried to figure all of this out on our own? We'd be a mess. Because nothing of what's going on today in the world will make sense. Not one lick. Nothing makes sense in this world today that we're living in. So we have to let God be God and know that God has a plan, right? Remember Mordecai's words, who knows but whether you were born for such a time as this. So if we are in fact living in the last days, then God knew that this was the crew that he wanted to be on on the field during this time. Anybody anybody ever play play baseball or sports? You never... uh, Remember, remember one. You know, if you ever, if the coach never, didn't one time maybe not let you start, or you know maybe you you know rode the bench the whole time, and and he'll say, "All right, Sparks, grab a helmet. You're in." You're like, "Huh?" Uh, but coach, we're down forty nine to three. What do you think I can do? <laughs> uh, coach, we're, wh- what are you, what are you talking about? I need you to go in. Why? Because everybody else is tired and dead. <laughs> oh, thank you. Right there, you know. And then when you're walking out, and of course, one of the coaches that I have, when you're walking out, watch out because he's going to throw the ball at your head. Like I'm not challenged enough, you know. All right, the fat guy's up. Hit the fat guy. Put it right, put it right there in the side of his... No, no, okay, all right. Sorry, I was just reminiscing just a little bit. <laughs> Only telling you what was true. Okay. So Jesus goes in. And, and remember, when, when they stopped, when the crowd stopped him, 
And, and Jesus goes in, and, and, I'm, and again, I'm just, I'm just covering up to, uh, to the story until we can get down to the next one. And, and they stop him long enough, and all of a sudden, one of, the, one of the leaders of the synagogue servants come up to him and said, hey, listen, it's too late, she's dead. It's too late. She's died. Don't trouble the master. Don't trouble the teacher. She's gone. And Jesus like, you know, if that had been us, if that would have been us, we're like, oh, man, it, it's too late. What's going on? Oh, my goodness. Oh, he was delayed. And, and, and you, know what, you, know what the, you know what the tendency of the church is to do? That woman, if she hadn't stopped him. Right? What happens when we see people being blessed and we're not blessed? I don't know what you got doing. You know, I, I got a little card on my, on my desk at home on my study. I got a little card on my home. I said, don't blame me. I didn't bless myself. Well, there are a lot of people, God bless you. There are a lot of people that will try to bless themselves, but don't blame me. If you see God blessing me, then, 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 then just come, let's have a cup of coffee, and I'll show you what I'm doing. And, and, and for some of you, you know, for some of you, it'll be, you know, you'll be like, Wait, I thought there was some. I thought there was some, something big. I thought there was no. You just gotta love the Lord. Remember our verse in in in, in Matthew. Remember our verse. We gotta love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. And if we can get ourselves focused on that every day, even when we don't feel like it. And how many of you know? Out of the 365 days in the year, there are going to be almost you know probably about half of those that we're not going to feel like. Loving the Lord with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our heart, all of our spirit. There's going to be days that we don't feel like it. So what do you do then? You're driving down the road and there's construction for the last 122 miles. You don't feel like driving no more. What do you do? Just let go. Yeah. Say, I don't know why you brought me here, but we're going through it together. Do you realize that you, as a believer, as a born-again believer, you are not going to go anywhere where the Lord is not going to, to go with you? You cannot separate yourself from the Lord. Amen? And so wherever you go, he's going. And so when those days when you wake up and you don't feel like, you don't, you don't feel like going on, just know that he's already there. He was yesterday, today, and, and, and forever. That means that when I had a bad day yesterday, he was there. If I'm having a bad day today, he's there. If I'm, if I, if I, if I, heaven forbid, I'm not, you know, I'm not projecting this but if i'm going to have a bad day tomorrow he's going to be there so instead of looking at my trouble why don't i look at my savior and say hey look you know we're going to go through this together and i can do all things through christ who strengthens me amen, amen? do we know that verse anymore i can do all things through christ who strengthens me except and then we put that except in there don't we oh but lord you don't know what i'm going through really your Bible says that he was tempted in every way possible. <laughs> every way. That means there's nothing that we're going to go through that, that he hasn't been tried or, or, or the same temptation, that he hasn't been, he hasn't, he was tested in every way. Right? Okay. So they said, you know, <laughs> Jesus, just wait. She, she's gone. It, it's too late. Let's go back in. Let's go back into uh, um, Luke's Gospel, the eighth, eighth chapter, verse number forty-nine. <clears throat> now, now the lady had just stopped him, and she just touched the hem of his garment, and and she was made whole. Right? Okay. In verse number 49, we pick, up, we pick up the dialogue, we pick up the story. And it says, And while he was still speaking, someone came from the, the ruler of the synagogue's house saying, Your daughter is dead, do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid. 
Only believe, and she will be made well. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Can we reiterate that in 2021? Do not be afraid. Only believe, and it's going to be well. This very same Savior, this very same Lord that can raise the dead and can deliver us out of all the hands and all the snares of the enemy is still here in 2021. And all we got to do is believe and it's going to be well. Amen? Amen. All right. (laughs) And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep. She's not dead, but sleeping. Who is this God we serve? Who is this God? Who looks beyond the face of death and says, they're just sleeping. The last couple years have been tough for us. Lost our mom and then lost our dad and grandma and grandpa. And, and would to God that we could, say, we could say they're just sleeping. But there's one who could. There's one who can. There's one who knows. And I know that even now, they are alive in his presence and they are rejoicing and there is a reunion coming because they're as far as we're concerned they're just sleeping they're out of our presence but they are with the lord and one day when he appears we shall be like him that goes back to that first birth thing nobody wanted to leave there for the first nine months of our lives or of our existence we got real comfortable there Everything was provided for us there. We didn't have, we didn't have you know, nothing was scary. Nothing was, everything was there. It was, it, was, it was the proper temperature. I mean, everything was provided for us. If you, you know, if you wanted to suck your thumb, you could suck your thumb. If you wanted to stretch out, you could stretch out. Now, mom got a little uncomfortable with it, but as for us, it was awesome. It was perfect. And then all of a sudden, Things transpired, and, and we're totally into a new dimension. Right? I mean, we, I mean our world was rocked. It was like, Poof. and then that guy goes and smacks us and makes us cry. Isn't it amazing? And I want to, I I let me propose this to you. When we get ready to go out of this dimension into the next they're still crying, right? But it's not the person on the other side. I was making fun a little earlier, but it's not the person. When, when, we, when we step before and we see Jesus, it's not Jesus that smacks us on, on the butt and makes us cry. It's the people on this side. They're still crying as people change. And the writer of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes tells us why. He says it's better for us to go to a funeral than to a party because a funeral lets us know Except for, let me put the little brackets in there, the air quotes, except for the rapture, that's the way we're all going to go. Now, if the rapture happens, you know, all bets are off, and the writer of Ecclesiastes, we'll talk to him, we'll get to heaven and say, nana, nana, boo, boo. I didn't have to go that way, right? But if it doesn't, okay. <coughs> all right. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. Now, you know what the classic definition of death is? Separation. (laughs) Not the ceasing of all existence or life, you know, it's separation. They knew that this dimension for her had ceased. 
Everybody could tell. We're used to that in this life, aren't we? I don't think Jesus cared too much for that. And I'll tell you why. Because on his way to Jerusalem, there was a funeral procession and a widow woman's son was dead. Let me tell you, the Lord is touched by the feelings of our infirmity. And I'm thinking when Jesus saw this widow woman, he, 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 trans, he, he transfixed on his mother. His, his mind went to his mother and knowing not very long she's going to be in this situation. And he stopped him and he says, wait. And he goes over to him and he says, young man, awaken. And he gave him back to his mom. Something we don't talk about a lot. But when we get to heaven, the Bible says that we'll, we'll be known as we were known. So my mama is still going to know that I'm her boy. My daddy's still going to know that I'm his boy. And even though some of us may have to say goodbye, and if Vanessa, you, you, if Vanessa and Ashley calls you balling, you know, and says, hey, he, pastor's gone. E e even if some of us may have to say goodbye, it's only temporary. Because at that point, the Lord will have just given me back to mom and dad. Now think about that. As believers in Christ, we have a hope. It's a blessed hope. Your Bible says it's a blessed hope. And as believers in Christ, the, the, the end as we know it is not this world. The end was not even, even in the embryonic stage, the, the, the baby stage, the, the, the fetus stage. That was not the end when we were pulled out of there. We thought it was, but it wasn't. And so I can, I can test that the end for us in this world is going to be something like that, that there's going to be a transformation and we're going to be into another dimension where we'll still be alive. Remember that old hymn that we used to sing where the soul of man never dies. Man, what a place that's going to be. What a place. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the fear of death has been removed? If the sting of death has been removed? It has been, but we still have trouble dealing with it sometimes, don't we? I mean, we, we still see people dying and we think, oh no, they're separated. But there's a place. Life goes on. Jesus told us life goes on. He said, I go to prepare you a place. And, and, and if I go to prepare you a place, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself that there where I am, you may be also. Now, we, we, we started off and we, and we use, and we use this, this, this speculation at the first. While we're here, we don't want to just, you know, just go into a clamshell somewhere and just say, okay, that's it. I'm just waiting on Jesus and, and Lord, come tonight, you know. No, 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 no. We, we've got a work to do. We've got to be, we've got to be like the 12-year-old Jesus when he went down to, when he went down to the, for the festival. Remember? And Joseph and Mary, uh, you know, uh, believing him to be amongst the family or amongst the travelers. And, and, and they were three days journey out. Can you imagine what Mary was doing about that time? I mean, she was probably livid. Have you ever, have you ever taken your eyes off of a child and, and all of a sudden they're, they're gone? Now, now, dads panic, but they don't go near, near to the level of moms. We were at Cedar Point one time when the kids were little. And Andy loved those... Um, um, no, the... Um, the, the uh, Waffle cones, or um, oh. anyway, he lo he loved that they fry them up. They're like waffle cones. What funnel cakes? He loved the funnel cakes. Now this little kid, he's like five years old, didn't have a dime in his pocket, but he knew where the funnel cake stand was. And kid you not, you know Ashley and I were, were walking around, and Vanessa and him were walking around, and somehow he got Vanessa distracted. 
and he was headed for the funnel cake thing. And she was like, and, and we found her, and she was like, you, you, you would have thought, you know, that she had a bee in her bonnet or something. Where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? You know, and, and she's going, and, and all these people, and we're like, ah, and this was in, this was in the early 90s, right? All of a sudden, this, this park security guy go, comes back, and, and he's got a funnel cake. <laughs> He's got a funnel cake and a guard by his arm. Uh, now, which one's your mom? Now, which one's your mom? And, which one, and, and, and by this time, by the time Vanessa sees him, I think she's going to tackle the guy. And I, whoa, 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 that's security. <laughs> Never did ask him how he got the funnel cake. I ran away from home in Warsaw, Indiana. I came here all the way to Cedar Point just to get a funnel cake. And this guy's going to kick me out. Can I have a funnel cake? I don't know how I did it. <laughs> On the way out the gate, I was like, hey, think you can do that again? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had money, buy my own funnel cake. <laughs> can you imagine what Mary is going through? They're three days walking, and she goes through the caravan, and Jesus isn't there. Now, you know the difference between Mary and Joseph and their family and the church in 2021? Mary and Joseph knew that Jesus wasn't there. That's a, that's a, hard, that's a hard bit. Let me just throw that down. I think a lot of times we don't realize when we've walked away from him. I think a lot of times we don't realize. We may be pushing, we may be trying, we may be just you know, going through this workaday world, and a lot of times we don't realize that he wanted to go this way. Remember on the road to Emmaus with, with the two disciples, he, 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 he indicated that he would go further, but they compelled him, they constrained him, say, oh, the day is far spent. Let us turn in for the evening. They were walking from, from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And it's getting dark, and this is a bad road, and you don't know what neighborhood you're in, you know. And then he, when he took the bread, and he broke it, and he blessed it, man, their, their, their eyes were open. And then all of a sudden, he disappeared. And then, you know, when you, have, when you have Jesus in your life, and you get one of those epiphanies like that, it doesn't matter what kind of neighborhood you're in, because your Bible says that they hightailed it, they got up and they went back over and told the rest of the disciples, didn't matter what neighborhood, didn't matter how dark it was, they, they, they hightailed it over to Jerusalem in the dark and said, hey, we met with him, he was on the road. And, and as they were talking, they were, did not our heart burn within us when he was talking to us? Isn't that amazing? You know when the Lord starts talking to you, you, you know. You know. If we've got a relationship with the Lord, when he starts talking to us, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We don't hear, we don't hear the, the TV infomercial guys. We don't hear the um, um, Billy Blades guy. We don't hear the, you know, the, 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 uh, in, the, the, the commercials. When the Lord starts talking to your heart, you know. Amen? And they knew. Did not our heart burn within us? Right? Would today that the church in 2021 would turn their heart back toward Jesus? And they ridiculed him in verse number 53. They ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. There are certain things that we know in life and one of them is death. We know that we're destined for it. Verse number 54 said, but he put them all outside. Now, remember who he took in the room with him. Sometimes, sometimes you may have to put Peter outside. Sometimes you may have to put James outside. You may occasionally have to put John outside. You may occasionally have to put mom and dad aside. Because even in Nazareth, he could do no great work because of their unbelief. 
So when you're wanting the Lord to move, you need to be have, be have yourself surrounded with people who believe that he is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he'll do. And if you get surrounded by people that are naysayers or doubters, guess what's going to happen? You're going to instantly, you know, it, maybe not at first, but you'll, you'll start, they'll start to weigh you down. Well, maybe I didn't hear from the Lord. Maybe I didn't hear from, maybe, oh, I just don't know now. And, and, and when before your heart burned within you, and you get around, the, you, you know, that's why the Bible says that, that that bad company corrupts good morals because those people will suck the joy and the promise out of your life. And think who we're talking about. We're talking about Peter, James, and John. You know, Peter, the guy that walked on water. You know, John, the beloved. The one that laid his head on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. Do you think they were close? Sometimes when I need to hear from the Lord, I just need to be with the Lord. Oh, mm. Sometimes when I need to hear from the Lord, I just need to get with the Lord. You know, it, doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter how good a friend pastor is. When I need to hear from the Lord, I've got to hear from Jesus. Because the first thing somebody's going to ask you, that's good, but are you sure? And what is that? That is, the, that is the, the striking of the match of doubt that will kindle a great flame. They put them out. Unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't you know, for, for, fortunately for them, they didn't have the cancel culture that we have today. Well, I'm never going back there again. He put me out. You think Jesus could preach in a lot of churches today? I mean, he knows the intent of our heart, right? <laughs> oh, I wasn't yawning, Pastor. Oh, I was just amen and I pray. <laughs> can't do that to jesus i mean when when mary came in and she and she anointed his she anointed his 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 feet with you know oil and, and she she washed his feet with her tears and she anointed him she broke that alabaster box simon was sitting across the table and said if, if this guy knew what kind of woman that was <laughs> and jesus looked right at him and said you know simon I, since i came here you didn't offer me any water to wash my feet and the whole time she hasn't stopped Washing my feet with her tears. And she dried them with her hair. <laughs> That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. So he put them all outside and he took her by the hand and he said, little girl, arise. Mm. And no looking around, I want to ask you a question. How many of us do we need to hear Jesus tell us to arise? Has this not, has the last couple years just not beaten us down and tried to beat us into a pulp as believers in Christ? Isn't it about time that we hear the Lord say, arise? Arise! Let me just tell you, the Lord is saying, Arise! Be who I called you to be. You're my ambassador. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. Arise. That's what the Lord is calling for the Christian church in 2021. Arise, church. Know who you are in me, says the Lord. Arise. And you know what? When we hear that, and when we receive that, our spirit is going to come alive inside of us. Verse 55, then her spirit returned and she arose immediately. Again, counterculture of 2021, she didn't hit the snooze 14 times until the other alarm went off. Not pointing anybody out, not pointing any fingers. I'm not even going to look toward the camera during this one. <laughs> and immediately, immediately, when we hear his voice and he renews our spirit, then it's time for us to be about our Father's business. All the way back 
when he was 12 years old. Mary and Joseph traversing through the great crowd. And they went right back to the place where they had left him. And here is 12-year-old Jesus talking to the rabbis and the teachers of the law in, in, in the synagogue, and they were amazed at him. He was talking as a 12-year-old, as one who had authority. Who is this? This is the carpenter's kid. This is, this is, Mary, this is Mary's son. We, who is this kid? You know? Now, had he been in Tibet or had he been in, in one of the eastern countries, they would have said, aha, young Buddha. Right? But there, they, they missed it. And just basing the fact on what my mom would do if I'd have done that, I don't care if you are the son of God. You're going to get out of here now. You're coming, you coming to the house. You're coming with us. He looked at her and he said, but mama, I'm paraphrasing in case you didn't know. But mama, didn't you know I must be about my father's business? Can you hear the 12-year-old Jesus saying, I must be about my father's business? Do you know what that means, adult people in this room? Are we more advanced in years than he was? Yes. Are we more experienced in this life than he was at that point? Yes. And if a 12-year-old says, I must be about my father's business, what does that say to us? Especially after he's told us to arise and our spirit has come back in us. Now it's time to be about our father's business. Amen? Isn't that amazing? You can take the woman with the, with the flow of blood and Jesus was her last hope, her last chance, her last effort. Or you can take the young girl and Jesus was her only hope, her only chance. And the results are the same. Where do we find ourselves tonight? I hope that we haven't spent all on Jesus as our last trip. You know, so many times, so many times we get to, and, and I've seen it a lot, and I'm sure you've seen it a lot. The prayer requests have come in, and, and, and it's like, oh, I need somebody to pray. We're, we're down to our last straw. Well, why was Jesus our last straw? Why was he our last hope? How different our lives would be if he was our first hope. Mm. Go with me to John chapter 4. I'm going to take about 15 minutes. John chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading in, in verse number 30. I mean 3. You getting anything out of this tonight? I hope so. I hope so. This, this is good stuff. John chapter 4, begin reading in, in verse number 3. Now, John chapter 3 is famous because the new birth, right? You must be born again. I tell you, except you be born again, right? Now, John chapter 4 we get to the point where a Samaritan woman meets her Messiah. Now, Samaritans and Jews had no dealings with each other, right? There was, there was bad blood there. And they didn't want to talk to each other. They didn't want to see each other. They, you know, the, as a matter of fact, she's going to tell Jesus, hey, you Jews, you worship over in Jerusalem, but our Father gave us this mountain, and this is where we, right? She's getting ready to tell Jesus that. You know the, you know the dialogue, right? Okay. It says in, in, in verse number three, it says, Then he left Judea and departed to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Now, if you don't have this highlighted, highlight this, because it's very, very, very important. 
Jesus needed to go to Samaria not because of his need, but because someone needed him. How many of you would say tonight that Jesus needs to come to our town? Do we need Jesus in our town? Do we need Jesus on our jobs? Do we need Jesus in our school? Do we need Jesus where... Jesus had a need to go to Samaria, not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of others. And and, and if, if we're going to get into this, then we need to say, Jesus, we need you to come here. You know, we used to sing that song in youth group and around the campfire. Kumbaya, my Lord, come by here. You know, and, and, we, and a lot of times that becomes cliche, doesn't it? A lot of times we, well, we got kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. You know, and, and, and everybody gets, you know, real sentimental because it's usually the last night of camp and it's the last campfire and everybody's crying because I'm, I'm going to leave my best girl at camp and I won't get to see her until next summer. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what was that? What was that line? Um, it, was, uh, it was in Frank Capra's movie, um, It's a Wonderful Life. He said, youth is wasted on the young, (laughs) right? Because we understand it now. Come by here, Lord. A line, a verse, a stanza in the song said, someone's praying, Lord. Come by here. Somebody's got a need, Lord. Come by here. Remember, he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Oh, would to God that we would lift our hand and say, come by here, Lord. Would to God that we would be Peter walking on the waves and and beginning to sink. We say, Lord, save me. See, Peter learned the lesson. I don't know know about you all, but I've never begun to sink once. It's usually one fluid motion and I'm touching the bottom. There's no beginning anything. My beginning to sink starts the minute that, that, that my foot touches the water. Because gravity and me have got a deal. I won't mess with them. It won't mess with me. Just let me get back to the top. All right. But he needed to go through Samaria. So when he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied, worried from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It was about the sixth hour. Now, if you understand the Hebrew clock, which starts at sundown and ends at sundown, okay, they're on a lunar calendar. We don't, a lot of us, a lot, a lot of people don't understand that why the Hebrew year is 60, 70 something, 67 something, I forget what it is. It's because they're on a lunar calendar and we're on a solar calendar, right? And so being about the sixth hour, the sixth hour, the sun comes up and you mark six hours, would be around noon, right? Is that, that close? Is it around noon? noon noonish? Six, third hour, six, okay. Water gathering, again, n- not being sexist, just uh, this is the way it was in the culture. Water gathering was women's work. And it was usually done around the second or third hour. But here, a Samaritan woman comes at the sixth hour, well after the townsfolk, the townswomen, got their water and left. I love what Max Lucado writes. She was tired of the tongue lashing. She was tired of the, of the finger pointing. She was tired of the she was tired of it and so in order to avoid that she chose to get her water, chose to, cho- to do her chores in the heat of the day. You know, there are a lot of people that have been so put off by church that they would choose rather to face the world and the heat of the world 
than to be in a church where they've been whispers and the pointing of the finger and the lashing of the tongue. And any wonder Jesus had a need to go through Samaria. Mm, mm -mm. A woman of Samaria, verse number seven, a woman of Samaria came to draw to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, uh, a Samarian woman? A Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings, excuse me, with Samaritans. Hmm. And Jesus answered and said, verse number 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and, and who it was that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you Living water. Living water. He would give you the living water. Oh. Well, you know what? I contend that the body of Christ is so thirsty for this living water today. We've tried everything. We've looked, for, we've looked for hope and this and that and the other, and it hasn't, it hasn't satisfied us. We've, we thought, that, we, we thought that, 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 that prosperity was coming. We thought that this and that and the other. We've had all kinds of notions thrown at us, pitched at us, preached at us, taught to us, and, and nothing brings satisfaction. There's still a longing inside of us, and it's only that living water. And, well, isn't that what Jesus said? He said, if you believe in me, he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Why isn't the living water flowing from our bellies anymore as believers? Because the, the, the source has dried up. Right? <clears throat> Verse number 11. And the woman said to him, sir... You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Do mm. you ever have anybody ask you the right question? A lot of times we don't get the right answer because we ask the wrong questions, don't we? You ever ask? You ever have anybody want to play games with you, and you ask, and you don't ask the right question, and, and you don't ask it precisely, and you don't, and, 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 and all of a sudden they, and all of a sudden you, you finally ask the right question. Oh, well, that's simple. If you'd only ask that that properly, right? I think there's some people that understand that concept. Where then do you get that living water? And we could stop right there because I could go around the room and say, where do we get that living water? It's pretty simple. The whole topic, the whole theme, the whole subject of the night, the thesis of the night is Jesus Christ, the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He is the living water. Amen. Now, I, 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 don't, I, I don't have a lot of time, so let me, let me, let me I've got to make a point and, then, and then, then we'll close. And notice what she does. She goes on to compare him with her ancestors. And I don't know how many times, I don't know how many times people have compared me with other pastors. Well, my pastor says this. Well, okay. Well, he says it's in the Bible. What well, do you know? Well, no, but I believe him. I believe Paul told Timothy something about studying to show yourself to be approved. <laughs> You know, I believe that, you know, the, the psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that, that I might not sin against you. And so I can't just take so-and-so's word. She begins to make a comparison. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus just kept it on, on, the, on the level. He says, 
He said to her, he said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. No, you guys good? Are we ready to go home? What? Oh, you want me to finish? Okay. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him, and I'll say in her, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You know what everlasting is, right? No end. And I, got, and I, I just got to tell you, when Jesus said, it's unending life, it's a lot better than the unending breadsticks at Olive Garden because they take them back. Jesus said, I'll get, whoever drinks of this will have everlasting life. It'll be springing up in you. That means when things don't make sense. That means when you're hearing bad reports. That means when everybody is pressing in, I've got a river of life springing up in me. Opens prison doors, calls the blind to see. Now see, somebody got me on camp songs. I don't know why. Anyway. Um, and the woman said to him, now, now see your pain. You've got to see. You, you gotta, when you read your Bible, you've got to see the interaction between the people. Because Jesus had a need to go through Samaria. Now watch this very next verse. She said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst and come here to draw. I'm so tired of being made fun of. I'm so tired of being ridiculed. My life didn't turn out like I wanted it to. These women... The reason I'm here in the heat of the day, the townswomen, they're, they're mocking me. They ridicule me. And it seems that Jesus is cruel. It seems here that Jesus takes a turn back into the hard, hard-nosed Jewish stance. And he said to her, he, he, said, he said, go and call your husband and come here. cold if you don't know why that's cold (laughs) and the woman answered and said I have no husband Jesus said to her you have well said I have no husband for you've had five husbands and the one that you and the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place which one ought to worship. And Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will call, um, when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship, uh, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. The Father is seeking such to worship Him. Does that stand in 2021? The Father is seeking such to worship Him. And then I'm closing with this. Well, I've got a couple more verses. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said to him, I know Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will, he will tell us all things. Now, it's right there that you want to insert one of those, hello. You, you really want to say, hey, hey hello. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one, no, no one said, what do, you, what do you seek? And why are you talking with her? And then the woman left her water pot and went, on her, and went her way into the city. 
and said to the man, come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Could this be the Christ? Let me propose to you in 2021, as we close our Bible study tonight, He is the Christ. The one who speaks to you in your heart. That unmistakable, <laughs> undeniable voice is the Christ. And when you tell people about Him, then verse number 30 should be your plight. And they all went out of the city and came to Him. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You tonight. We thank You that whether we be in a, in a, in a 12-year drought, whether we be in a 12-year illness, sickness, whatever, a valley of 12 years long, a trial, or whether we be standing at the end, we know that you're there. Lord, we know that you're there. Lord, teach us to call on you. Teach us, Lord, that you're standing by. Remind us, Lord, that you're right there. For, Lord, we know that you have a need to go through Warsaw. We know that you have a need to go through Indiana. We know that you have a need to be in Wabash. We know that you have a need to be in, in Melbourne, Florida. We know that you have a need to be in Lowell, Indiana. We know you have a need to be in India tonight. We know that you have a need. And, Lord, wherever, wherever your children call upon your name, there you will be. For you said, Lord, you said to us that wherever two or three would be gathered in your name, that you would be found in the midst. And Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord, that you're still changing hearts, you're still changing minds, and you're still on the throne. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your majestic and mighty name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc, dot org. God bless you.